Welcome to the Last Adopter Podcast, brought to you by CA Technologies, the one podcast for businesses who want to digitally transform and need to learn how, with Lewis Black as the voice of unreason. I have brand loyalty. It's hard to shake me. Like most consumers, I want to feel that the products I am buying have been fully vetted by mature people in white lab jackets and thick glasses. When I hear startup, I picture a bunch of smart aleck kids who don't even know what their mother's maiden name means and don't even know how to write their own names because they only need a thumbprint to get into their phones. They don't write cursive anymore. I bet two-thirds of you don't even know what cursive is. When I need someone to invent a double espresso mochaccino with synthetic soy juice that also serves as a wireless hotspot, I'll call on the ones with the goat beards and dirty shoes. When money is burning a hole in my pocket, give me an established company. We've come to an arrangement. The same company comes out with something new, and I go stand in line for the honor to buy it. Sometimes the line is so long, when I get to the front, they already have a new product, and the one I was waiting to buy is obsolete. I'm Mike Walker of Bloomberg Media Studios. I'm joined today by Jen Schopfer, Vice President for GE Transportation, a company that is proving Lewis Black wrong and getting digital transformation right. Welcome to the Last Adopter Podcast, Jen. Thanks. It's great to be here. Please tell us what you work on at GE Transportation. I lead a software business that provides transportation management, visibility, and collaboration solutions to railroads, to industrial shippers, and now to ports. What does it mean to be a digital industrial company today? To me, it means combining cutting-edge software and analytics capabilities, that's really the digital side, with a deep understanding of industrial business complexities and challenges and the physics-based knowledge that comes along with being an engineering company on the industrial side. And if you combine those things together, you can find new and better ways to solve problems and improve performance. When we talk about digital transformation at established companies, GE is always held up as one of the real success stories of being able to take that sort of digital agile mentality and apply it to, like you said, more than a century of industrial tradition of excellence. You've spent your whole career at GE and you've had a front row seat to this transformation. What was it about the culture of GE that made this transformation possible? The transformation certainly isn't easy. I think culture at GE was a big part of it. I can remember being in college and GE's always been known for a leadership development company. I think that inherent leadership position that GE has was a big starting point. The tone was definitely set from the top as we will become digital. From there, I think it was a lot about our approach on how we became digital. I think it was really smart how we went about it. We started out by leveraging digital for ourselves as a big industrial company ourselves. For example, we applied big data technologies to our own internal sourcing processes. We took in all that data, did analytics, and through that we found $40 million of deflation and cash savings, and that got people's attention. That enabled us to really scale that out across our manufacturing processes, and now I think we We've driven about 500 million in savings across the company. When you have wins like that and you can celebrate them and communicate them, it really drives adoption and appreciation for the digital technologies. 
the other thing I'd say is that we weren't afraid to look outside for best practices on how to become digital. And that's what led us to adopt the scaled agile framework. And that was a big part of our transformation as well. What lessons did you learn from agile transformation and what would have been the biggest benefits to adopting agile practices? That's a big question. The biggest benefit, I think, to adopting Agile is hands down that it's helped us improve not only the quality of the software that we build, but also the on-time delivery of that software. Our customers greatly appreciate that. Agile helped us do that in a couple of ways. The first is that it helps you to prioritize and plan out your software releases in line with customer value. Instead of getting a large finished project at the end or product at the end, they get bits of that over time so that they can start using it and really getting value out of the solution sooner. Since you're issuing iteratively in that way, it's also better for your software as a product because you get feedback from your customer, from the users over time, so you don't go too far down a wrong path, as an example. In terms of lessons we learned, I'd say the biggest is that Agile is a business change. It's not an engineering change. It's not an IT change. It's a true holistic business change. And although agile transformation typically is going to start from and be led by engineering and IT teams, it's a real business transformation across all functions. Your commercial processing, your commercial contracts need to change. From a finance standpoint, how you measure the business has to change. And project execution and how you think about product development, it all has to change. And none of that is possible without kind of top-down buy-in from your business leaders. In your day-to-day job, how have you seen the agile mindset take hold at GE? It's truly how we design every single software release that we build today. So it is my entire team's day-to-day life. It's how our development teams are structured. It's how they organize to do work. And in that way, it's a full-blown business structural strategy and cultural transformation that you have to undergo. But that's also why it's so successful. Earlier, we heard from our last adopter, Lewis Black, who expressed his preference for established companies over startups in his own unique style. So what can companies like GE learn from startups? And in turn, what can those startups learn from companies like GE? Absolutely. I'd say GE has learned and is certainly continuing to learn how to be more quick and nimble like a startup. We're a large company and we operate in highly regulated industries. And similar to what Lewis was talking about, we understandably take longer to make some decisions and we go through certain processes before we deliver a product. While I've already witnessed those cycle times get much shorter and seen improvements in that, I wouldn't say we're operating at startup speed. More to learn there from startups. On the startup side, I think they could learn scale, how to scale from a company like GE. Startups don't aspire to be startups forever. They want to grow. That's their mission. And I think that GE over time has demonstrated not only staying power, but the ability to scale globally while still maintaining its core culture and values. Right. I mean, I think there's this sense with when we talk about adopting and adapting that startups are more nimble, but I mean, they've never really had to adapt, whereas a company like GE has done it generationally in its history. One of the things we've been exploring in this podcast is that 
digital transformation is hard. It's hard for companies to do. It's hard to finish. It's hard to really have those mindsets take hold. And have you had any particular challenges at GE Transportation to get people or departments to adopt new technologies and new ways of working? I think it's really more about adopting new ways of working versus new technologies, at least from my experience. Working differently is always a really big cultural challenge. We're transforming to working in mission-based, cross-functional teams. So where before we were often used to working in larger functional teams, maybe even silos, then we had these established processes to cross those functions. Now our teams are smaller, comprised of different skill sets, and that level of change for an organization takes a lot of getting used to, and there's always a healthy level of tension across the different stakeholders in a mission-based team. I think as a leader, it's really important in these times of change when you're driving a transformation like that to constantly explain why you're doing what you're doing. Be open and transparent about why you're making the change and explain to the teams that you're just not disrupting their normal operating behavior just for disruption's sake. There's a higher level fundamental reason why we need to change. I mean, that's a natural reaction to change, to feel like disruption is happening for its own sake. So what strategies do you use to get employees invested in this transformation? Ultimately, I think it's about being open and straightforward with, number one, why are we doing this? Why is it better for the company? What's our end goal for the customer? Why is it ultimately better for them? Two, how are we going to do it? What are the next steps? What's the timing? How's it going to impact them? And what are the expectations for them? Because if your teams don't understand the why and the how, to your point, it's just another annoying initiative that we're doing. At GE, you're really on the other side of the canyon now. You've made that jump. You've made that transformation to Agile. What has been the response of the people now working in a different way? It's an evolution throughout time. You're right. We're almost, if not all the way through the transformation, and now everyone loves it. Um, I think one of the big responses from the team is when you break a large development effort down into smaller minimum viable products or releases, sprints, employees can trace their daily work to a customer outcome because we clearly articulate in each of our releases what the user story is, what the value they're going to get from this sprint is, and that's really motivating. If you can trace the line of code that you're developing to a customer outcome, that's cool. That's one of the biggest pieces of positive feedback that we get from leveraging Agile. Of course, our customers love it because they get value from our solution sooner. And the whole process to them is much more transparent. They're involved in our upfront planning processes, and then they can see how we're doing in our releases and how we're tracking towards completion. Now, was it always rosy? Did everyone always love it? Of course not. It takes time to get there. I'd say, what did people struggle with in the beginning? On the customer side, it, it's explaining why this is going to be better for them and why their upfront commitment to help us plan is worth their time. We're all busy. From an employee standpoint, it was just explaining why working in these cross-functional mission-based teams was going to ultimately lead us to a better end product. Because, of course, that took some getting used to and it took some understanding of what all the different groups and functions do and took some cross-training. So I'd say it's a little bit more upfront investment, but ultimately a better end result. What are the benefits you've seen from leveraging Agile? What do you point to to say, that's why we did this? The biggest aha and win on our side is our customers' feedback in this. 
we now have a much higher on-time delivery percentage and our products are better quality. Customers, of course, appreciate that. We've also given a lot of our customers visibility to some of our tools so that they can see where we are in our sprints and they also appreciate the transparency. And it also enables them to give us feedback. All in all, I think better products, higher on-time delivery is the success criteria I'd point to. To follow up on that, could you talk about how Agile changes the role of the customer in the process and how you've seen that improve the products you deliver? Absolutely. I'd say two things. They're involved more upfront in the process and helping us better understand how they're going to use the products so that we can break up our release sprints to align to value sooner for them. Again, a little more upfront work from them, but that enables better planning and quicker value delivery to them. The other is feedback from them. We proactively get feedback as we release our sprints and they use the solution and that enables us to make changes faster. Before in our more project-based longer cycle delivery methods, a customer wouldn't get to hands-on try something till much further down in the development process. And they may have a list of 20 things they want changed or that we misunderstood. Now, when you're iteratively releasing, and they're getting to iteratively test and experience the solution, we get a lot better feedback and it's easier to make those changes as you move along. Did you personally ever have any difficulty with adapting to different ways of working as these changes were taking hold at GE? I couldn't, myself personally, I couldn't be a bigger believer of agile transformation just because I've, to your point, had a front row seat and watching it take place. But I have had challenges, certainly. I think the biggest challenge in adoption as a business leader has been balancing our short-term goals and objectives with the longer-term vision and transformation that we needed to make to become agile. That's a daily battle. You have to find ways to measure your business differently to ensure that you're progressing on that longer-term transformation. But, you know, we don't have the luxury of not meeting our short-term business objectives, of meeting our financial commitments, et cetera. So you have to really stay focused on both and find ways to balance both. When you look at the future of GE Transportation, what's most exciting for you? What would you tell Lewis Black to really be excited about how things are changing and the better products you're going to be able to deliver? I get excited because I think that we're a great example of the combination of digital industrial and for the rail and transportation industry, but also it's enabling us to break into the supply chain industry more broadly. We can now provide asset performance management solutions to predict failures in your locomotives before they even happen. That's an amazing benefit that you can provide to a railroad. We have embedded software solutions that help engineers better operate trains and reduce fuel costs. That's a real bottom line value we can deliver to railroads. And then we even have software solutions now that fully run and operate railroads, full-blown transportation management solutions, scheduling apps. And these are very complex networks and systems that we're able to span across. And then what really gets me excited now is it's enabled us to move into new industries like seaports. We've recently started working with a great partner in the Port of Los Angeles and now we're able to take what we've learned in the rail industry and apply that to another part of the supply chain where we're providing basically a port community tool that's increasing the throughput and the visibility at the Port of Los Angeles. So I'm excited for the future 
of really digitizing the supply chain. Well, Jen, this has been a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your insights developed at GE about the Agile process, and it's just really been great having you here. Thank you. So now let's talk to someone with experience working with both startups and established companies. I'm here with Surya Panditi, Senior Vice President and General Manager for CA Technologies. Welcome, Surya. Thank you. Great to be here. So one of the themes of this podcast is that every company today is a software company. And earlier we heard from Lewis Black, and he's a startup skeptic. But then we heard from Janet GE about all the success they're having adopting agile practices, many of which come from the startup world. So how should companies be thinking about agile? First and foremost, it's a mindset. Being agile is not just a process. It's a focus on outcomes and a mindset that's driven from the top, but also embraced by the people doing the work. When you ask the question, how should a company think about agility? It is a focus on the customer, and it is a way of involving customers in the things that you work on, the products, technologies, initiatives that a company may take. When we talk about agile, it's really a culture change as well. How do successful companies equip their employees to make the cultural change that comes with adopting these practices? Yeah, if you take a step back, enterprises that have been around a while obviously have done some things really well. Otherwise, they wouldn't be around. So they do have assets, they have technologies, they have great people, they have innovation. In a fast-changing market, though, what they also have to do is evolve themselves and be able to be as fast as the market needs and, of course, as fast or faster than their competition. That means there's got to be an understanding as well as support and buy-in from the top of the company. And frankly, when you look around, you see today most large enterprise CEOs are talking about agility, about transforming so I do think there's an acceptance, but it does need support from upper management. But that's not sufficient. That's necessary, but not sufficient. What is also needed is that teams and the teams of teams and the project managers and people who are actually working on, whether it's a piece of software or something else, also have that buy-in and internalize what their role is in this process, which means they're more empowered than they were before because they're dealing directly with customers many times. They are the ones who know what problem the customer is trying to solve, and they are the ones who are responsible for getting the right solution faster to the customer. So in many ways, it's both a top-down support as well as a bottom-up embracing of agility, which is what makes it successful. What does success look like? In other words, how do you know that you're doing it right? Outcomes is what uh, I would look at, not just the process. Process is a way of conducting yourself and going through and doing what you're doing. But what's more important is what is the end result? To me, the end result is first and foremost building the right thing, meaning that you're not just going off in isolation and thinking through what the next great solution will be, but you're actually actively working with a customer to figure out what's the right thing to build. At the same time, building it faster. So you're not building it in a manner that, you know, you do development, then you do testing, and then you finally give it to a customer who then tests it and says, oh, you know, you got these three things right, but you got these four other things wrong. Instead, you have a much more iterative process where the customer is involved and you're building it so that the outcome is much more measurable in terms of speed to market as well as the fit to the requirement in the market. Lewis Black is the extreme case, clearly, but I think a lot of people share his skepticism, his resistance to change. So what would you tell companies about digital transformation? Why should they be excited? Why should they be optimistic about adopting these agile practices? What is it going to mean for their business, for themselves personally, for their customers? What do you tell them to get excited about it? If you look at your own life, 
today, a lot of your expectations are around a very personalized experience and an experience that frankly is intuitive, that makes you feel like the whoever provided you with a service or a product really understands what you're looking for. If you don't like it, you're not going to go back. So whether it's an app, whether it's a smartphone, whether it's any other piece of technology, a car, anything, the expectations have gone up in terms of the user experience. If the outcome, again, as I mentioned earlier, outcomes are what matter. If the user experience is not great, over time, you will not have those users any longer. So when you ask why should you embrace agility, it's because that's the expectations of the market it is also what your competition is looking at doing and delivering. So it's both market expectation as well as competitive pressures that I believe are the fundamental drivers for embracing agility. Surya, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thank you for coming and sharing your insights. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Please join us for the next episode of the Last Adopter Podcast, where we tackle one of the biggest issues in the app economy, cybersecurity. And now, a final word from Lewis Black. If a company as big as GE can learn to be nimble, then maybe these startup kids can learn cursive after all. You have been listening to The Last Adopter Podcast, sponsored by CA Technologies. Thanks to all our guests. To learn more about how CA Technologies can help you transform your business, visit ca.com slash modern software factory. I'm Lewis Black. Thanks for listening. This podcast, brought to you by CA Technologies, was produced by Bloomberg Media Studios.